We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hi, hello. This is Josh Bowe, one of the many editors over at MavsMoneyBall.com, coming to you with another edition of MMB After Dark, although this one might be MMB MMB After Late Afternoon. Um, The Mavericks just finished off easily their most impressive win of the season, uh, beating the Houston Rockets 137-123. The Mavericks now technically have a better record than the Rockets. Uh, Dallas eleven and five, Houston eleven and six. So by percentage points, uh, they're creeping past them in the standings. Uh, it was an impressive win from wall to wall. Uh, so many things we could talk about. I'm with uh, Jeff Cooperstein, who's filling in for Kirk, who is busy being a parent on a Sunday afternoon, which uh, is definitely harder than anything that I've got going on right now. So we're giving <laughs> Kirk a break, and uh, Jeff has graciously hopped on uh, as he is on the road, but he's here. He's with us. We're ready to talk about this fantastic win. Uh, there's so many jumping off points, Jeff. Uh, where do you want to start uh, with this win? Man, the, for me, this is the best win of the season by far. Uh, it, they go into a game where they're playing against a really good team on the road, and they showed a ton of fight in this game, and they were ready from the start to play. So that was really good to see. That was the biggest thing I was looking looking to see in this game was that they would get off to a good start. And, dude, Luca is just playing. I know we say this every night, but he's just playing at such an absurd level right now. It's just ridiculous ridiculous what he's doing nobody can guard him it doesn't matter who it is yeah uh another outstanding game from luca 41 points 10 assists six rebounds uh six turnovers as he got a kind of a little cute in the first half he kind of had some bad turnovers but otherwise a, a sterling performance from him no triple double he sucks I, <laughs> I know he's got to work on it how dare he um i think the biggest thing for me uh for this win was in the third quarter the rockets made their run 
they kind of uglied up the game a little bit. They got it. They didn't. They kind of slowed the tempo down. Yeah, got a little more physical. We're pushing the Mavericks around a little bit, and there was kind of the thought in my head going, "Okay, here we go," because uh, the Mavericks have definitely had blown some big leads, and they've had their issues with some fourth quarters. You know, the two Knicks games, the Lakers game, the the Trailblazers game. You know, they've had some tough fourth quarters. You know, when things get tight, you know, they've had some issues, and I was very worried about how the Mavericks would respond. And and that fourth quarter kind of put aside all my fears. They absolutely had a brilliant fourth quarter. You know, they only outscored the Rockets by four, you know, 32-28. That's all they need. They just needed to get back in the game, hang in there, make some plays, and kind of take control uh, back from the Rockets. And they did that. And they did that because Luka is so ridiculously good. And when the things got close, uh, the Rockets cut it down to a five-point game in the fourth quarter. Uh, Luka went to work uh, doing exactly what Dirk Nowitzki did for 20-plus years, just shutting the door on team, trying to make a comeback uh, with clutch play after clutch play, uh, getting into the paint seemingly at will, uh, had a couple of threes, uh, just a totally dominant performance. And there was nothing really the Rockets could do to, to stop him, even with uh, Jay Tucker out on the wing and Clint Capella at the rim. The, Luka handled it all. He handled whatever the Rockets threw at him, and he shut the door down and even though it was a impressive team performance, there were so many guys that chipped in. Uh, Luca definitely kind of, kind of helped win that game uh, late, and that was huge for me because if they want to get into the playoffs, they have to be able to close out good teams in the fourth. They have to play fantastic in the clutch, and, and they did it tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they the, when they went, the Rockets got it to within five, and I was that was when I was really getting worried. I'm like, okay, let's see how they respond after going through some adversity in this game. And they handled it absolutely perfectly. I mean, they they didn't show any semblance of give up or that they were scared or any of that. They didn't back down at all. And that was fantastic. And I thought they played I thought they played really good defense on James Harden throughout the game. That was one of the main things I wanted to talk about as well. Uh they sent a lot of traps at him, a lot of double teams and forced him to get rid of the ball. And um when you, you want James Harden to get rid of the ball and you want to have the other guys make plays. And you want Russell Westbrook shooting three-pointers because he's a horrible three-point shooter. So the way the Mavericks are, are uh, defended that game, even though Harden still had about 30, I mean, they defended it about as well as you possibly could. Yeah, that was tremendous, especially with the Mavericks, their defensive scheme. They don't really mix it up all that much, even though they've got some personnel to do some different things, especially with trapping on the perimeter. And they started this game. They trapped Harden hard twice on the pick-and-roll got two steals, two runouts, and they were up 7 nothing in a blink of an eye. And I think that really set the tone of the entire game. Uh, they really tried to force the ball out of Harden's hands as much as they can. Like you said, it's a testament to how brilliant Harden is that he could still have 32 points on 24 shots. Uh, just, just absurd because he's just that good. But they really did a good job of trying to make other guys beat them. And, you know, Daniel House it was 3 of 8 from 3. Ben McLemore, yeah, 0 of 6, Austin Rivers. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, Harden was only like, what, 2 of 15 from 3? Yeah. The Mavs guarded well from yeah. 3. Um, Harden missed a couple of easy ones, I think, from 3. Yeah, he definitely had an off night. But when you're Absolutely. Forcing, yeah, but when you're forcing guys like, you know, Austin Rivers, Ben McLemore, uh, Daniel House, although Daniel House is having a really good season from 3, but you would still rather have those guys 
shooting threes and you would rather have, you know, Harden or Westbrook doing as much damage as they possibly can. And I think the Mavericks kind of trapping and forcing the Rockets to make a few extra passes and they didn't want to. At the very, at the very least, even if the Ma- even if they were scoring on those possessions, at the very least, the Mavericks were making it a slightly more uncomfortable than it usually is. Because what the Rockets want to do is just maybe one run one pick and roll, maybe get a switch, or just let Harden ice out the top of the key and, and go to work immediately by making him pass out of a double team or forcing the ball out of his hands. Even if he got the ball back, the possession at least was staggered a little bit in a way that could give the Mavericks a chance. You know. I think if the Mavericks tried to guard this Rockets team straight up, uh, it would have been a different story tonight. So really impressed with the coaching staff's decision to, to implement a little bit more of an aggressive trapping defense. Uh, Houston had 11 turnovers. They cleaned it up in the second half considerably, and I think that's why they made a run. But I don't think the Mavericks get off to that big, huge lead in the first quarter uh, without that defense. And I think they, that kind of carried them the rest of the game when the Rockets were making their run. Yeah, no doubt. Those first three turnovers they got, well, I think KP – Blocked a shot from Capella, and then they got two turnovers, and that turned into three easy baskets. And yeah, I mean that that absolutely set the tone for the game, and you you saw it throughout. They just they played with more intensity than the Rockets did, and that was just. I mean, I I can't remember the last time I felt this good about. I they played harder tonight or today than I've seen them play in a long time. Yeah, definitely. Houston did not seem ready for this game, uh, for sure. And I think another thing I want to talk about is Christoph Porzingis's game. Uh, in my money, uh, in my eyes, I think this was his best game as a Maverick. He's certainly had higher and gaudier point totals. Uh, you know, the, the game, that first game against the Knicks, he's been over 30. Uh, tonight, he only had 23, but I think all around, this was his best game. You know, 23 points, 13 rebounds, three assists, two steals, a block, was really, really into the game on, uh, you know, er- on other aspects. He wasn't just, you know, hunting and pecking for shots. You know, he was really engaged on defense. He was really engaged on the boards. And I was just really impressed with how good he looked uh, outside of just scoring and then scoring. Yeah, he had a couple of, of bad post-ups and isos that the Mavericks, for s- some reason or another, just want to keep force-feeding him. But for the most part, he was doing what he did in the third quarter the other night. Um against the Cavaliers where he was catching the ball on the move, working off ball, catching off screen, setting pick and rolls, getting fed by Luca, you know, playing off ball really efficiently. And he had a couple alley-oops, had a couple of dunks in the dunker spot, hit a couple of nice spot up threes. And I was just impressed with almost every aspect of his game. What'd you think? Yeah, absolutely. I thought he was really good tonight, especially on the offensive glass. He got a couple of put back dunks and a couple of N ones. And that's, we were, that that was our main concern coming into this season was is, is Porzingis going to be able to rebound for a guy who's seven three because he hadn't in the majority of his career and I think all those concerns for the most part have gone away and he, he's proven to be a reliable a reliable rebounder and as far as his offensive game goes yeah I absolutely agree they they want to get him those those post touches because he should be able to be very successful in the post he just hasn't he just hasn't yet for whatever reason so I think that's something that they just want to keep doing and want to try to get him more comfortable with and we'll just have to take the good with the bad there and then yeah I mean the most of his touches like you said came on the move and uh, he had a lot of good open shots tonight and he looked he looks really in rhythm right now and same with uh Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah we got to talk about Tim um I've been a, a biggest skeptic of him as anyone out there that's writing or talking about the team and it's not like we you know we pull this stuff out of thin air you know Hardaway 
when you look at his career stats, uh, he just hasn't been as consistent of a player as maybe his reputation would lead you to believe. And so for what he's been doing these last three or so games has been just absolutely remarkable. It might be the best stretch of his entire career, if we're being honest, just the way he is shooting the ball. Um, he's shooting it really well. He's initiating plays. I mean, I, I'm like I said, I think – I think we're we're seeing over this last three games. Obviously, two of them were against basically high school teams, but he he seems to fit so much better with that first unit. And I guess I don't know if it's because Luca makes things so much easier for other players, or if he just doesn't feel the pressure, the need to score all the time because he's not on that on that second unit. Um, whatever it is, it's working, and they need to stick with it. Yeah, I think going off your latter point, I think when he's playing with the starters. I think internally he knows that he does not have as much of a green light because he's playing with Luca, he's playing with KP, and those guys are above him on the hierarchy. I think when he's coming off the bench, when he's playing with guys like Seth Curry, DeLon Wright, Jalen Brunson, Justin Jackson, and Max here, Dwight Powell, regardless of how good Tim Hardaway Jr. has been throughout his career, he probably considers himself the alpha dog of that's you know of that lineup. So he feels like the burden is on him to create shots and and make offense. And it doesn't work out so great. You know, he's just not a good uh, shooter when he has to put the ball on the floor, especially this season. Uh, the funny part is he's actually not been a great catch-and-shoot uh, three-point shooter for most of his career, and now he's doing it. So he it's kind of like the fully realized version of him. And, and maybe you're right. Maybe playing with the starters means Luka has control of the ball, which means Luka has control of the offense, which means there's less chances and opportunities for – Hardaway to hijack things with shot hunting or, or things like that. It, so it, it just makes it so much simpler. Yeah. He doesn't have to think as much. He's just basically becomes a standstill shooter and Luca will find him and get him open looks and, and be able to make plays in space that the Luca provides. So if he's not hitting a, you know, an open catch and shoot, he's having much uh, easier room to navigate inside the three point line. And he had five assists and one turnover and, it's. It feels like this is what's been talked about his entire career. Is he has the tools? I think no one will deny that he has the tools to be a a good offensive player. It's just can he put it all together and can he be consistent? And you know that will time will tell on that. You know we'll have to see. You know eventually he's going to regress a little bit because he's just been absurd. Thirty one. Right. Yeah. Five eleven from three. There's going to be some. Yeah, and uh, you know my preference has always been I wanted uh, Seth to start since I've considered him the best shooter on the on the Mavs roster, and you know he just hasn't been good this season, and it's been one of the more befuddling things uh, about this Maverick season is how little they have gotten from him. He played 15 minutes tonight, coming back from missing two games with an illness, so understandably he's probably working his way back into into shape after being sick uh, sick enough to not have, be able to play in two straight games. But even, you know, outside of that, you know, he just hasn't been as maybe as good as anyone would expect him to, especially when you consider how good he was the first time he was with the Mavs. So as much of a skeptic I am of, of Hardaway Jr., you, you got to ride it. You got to see how long this lasts. And who knows? Maybe this is their magic bullet for, for turning their season around a little bit. I know I don't want to say, you know, their season wasn't free fall or anything, but after those two Knicks losses, it, it just something has snapped into place. They look like a totally different team. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, they're they're going to ride this wave for a while. I think they'll they might give Hardaway a chance, even if he struggles in a game or two. They might give him a chance to bounce back in the starting lineup just to see how he responds. And I think that's fair. I think he's earned that chance over the last three games. And yeah, like you said about Seth, it's 
it's really it's odd how how poor he's been this season given given what we know about him as a shooter. I mean, he's statistically one of the best percentage three point shooters of all time, and he just hasn't got it going this year. Um, to me today, especially in this game, to want to shoot the ball instead, he wanted to get into the lane and kind of put up floaters, and that's not really his game. His game is to get ball and shoot ball, and I, I wish that we would see a little more of that from him. Yeah, and what Carlisle says uh, makes sense in terms of guys are sticking to him really hard and they're not going to let him get free, especially playing with Luca. You don't want to leave uh, shooters open because Luca will find you no matter where Luca has the ball on the court. Uh, so we'll see. Um, another thing that I wanted to bring up before we get going is the Mavericks had a really interesting lineup in the second quarter where they basically played three guards, Justin Jackson and Kristaps Porzingis. And the three guards were Dewan yeah. Wright, Jalen Brunson, and Seth. And the Mavericks, they, they looked like they teleported in from the future. Like that lineup was absurd. And Wright and Brunson got back-to-back and one layups, I believe, uh, because Kristaps would set a screen and there was nothing uh, for the Rockets to guard the rim with. And Brunson and Wright are so good already at getting to the basket. Uh, being able to draw Capella away from the rim, the Rockets had no chance. And the Mavericks really pushed the lead up big when that lineup was on the floor. I was a little disappointed to see that it didn't happen in the second half. Uh, not sure why. Brunson only played three minutes, that three-minute stretch where he was part of that lineup. And he didn't play at all in the second half. And uh, Rick kept two bigs out there for the entire uh, second half. So who knows, you know, maybe, you know, things were getting hairy. So he's probably trying to rely on his top, his top rotation, his top rotation guys, which Kleba is definitely one of those. And hey, Kleba had a great game, 11 points, uh, two, four from three. So, you know, I understand maybe things are getting tight. He wanted to go to the lineups that he trusts more. uh, But I would love to see a little bit more of that in the future. That that was a fun lineup in the second quarter. Yeah, I think that's a lineup that you'll see based on matchup a lot. I'm not sure if it's one he'll go to um, night in and night out as a main as a main uh, rotation. Uh, but yeah, I really liked what that team, especially Jensen at the board, because I he can he can spread the floor so well. And yeah, and those those three guards playing together, I mean, it really did look good. The Mavericks have tried a lot of three guard lineups the last few years. And they just really haven't had the talent to make it work. And I think with those three guys, with Seth, uh, Brunson, and Wright, uh, they have talent because they can all guard multiple positions as well. And they're able to they're able to make it make the offense still go as it was. And so I think yeah, that's definitely a lineup that we might see more often, but it won't be a normal thing. Yeah, you're definitely right. Especially like you said uh, with the lineups and the Rockets never they never play two bigs and. P.J. Tucker is effectively their backup center. So, yeah, this was definitely the game to to roll out that lineup and try it out for sure. Um, The Rockets got, man, I'm looking at this right now, six, eight, 11 points off their bench. Uh, The Mavericks just absolutely crushed them in that aspect. Uh, And the Mavericks just, it was just strange, you know, as as we wrap this up. uh, For me, it was just it was crazy just how deeper and more talented the Mavericks looked than this Rockets team. You know, obviously Harden and Westbrook uh, had impacts on the game, but after that, there wasn't really much outside of, you know, PJ Tucker had a nice second half, but, but otherwise, you know, the Mavericks just keep coming at you with, with a different assortment of players. And it feels like almost every player that played this afternoon kind of chipped in or had a, had a winning contribution to the game. So I don't know. Maybe, you know, we, we've wondered about this Mavericks team and their depth. But maybe Luka is so good that he is just kind of the, the tide that rises that rises all boats. 
Yeah, I mean, today especially, I, they did. They got contributions from everybody. And in an 82-game season, that's something they're going to need to get. Uh, guys like Dustin Jackson, who hadn't played a lot lately but got a lot of run in the last couple of games due to, you know, because they blew him out. And they, they put him into the rotation today, and he looked pretty good. He held his, more than held his own. Um, I've always liked what Jackson could bring them, and I think he could add another body to the rotation. So, they, I mean, they, I think, personally, I think they're a legitimate 10-D team where you can get 10 guys on any given night that can, that can help carry a load and get a win. Yeah, definitely. And, Jeff, uh, before we wrap up, are there any other thoughts from this game that you had that, that you wanted to get out there uh, from this really impressive win? Anything else that, that caught your eye or, or that you were thinking about while watching the game? Uh, no, I was just – I was – First of all, the, the Rockets are like my most hated team in history. So any any win against the Rockets is, is great. And I no, I just really like with the tenacity they played today. And I want to see that more often because if they play like if they play that hard against against most against teams, they're going to beat most of the teams in the NBA playing that way because the Mavericks are a really talented team and they do have an incredible player running the show right now. Definitely. Uh, I think at, at a certain point, you know, Luca and the MVP talk, you know, a week or so ago, we were kind of like, maybe hold your horses a little bit. But I mean, if he, if he keeps having nights like tonight, I mean, he's definitely going to be a candidate for that. And he's going to get some votes and especially if they keep beating good teams like this. Uh, so we'll see a, a, just a tremendous game from the Mavericks, a huge win. Again, they beat the, the Rockets 137, 123. Thank you for listening. I think we're going to wrap it up here on MMB after dark. Uh, Jeff, thanks for for joining me today. Absolutely, man. Yeah, for sure. And the Mavericks will be back against the Clippers on Tuesday. So either either myself or Jeff or Kirk, uh, two of this trio will will be on with with you after that game. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you then on MMB After Dark. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, a company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So... At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.